0: Hello everyone and welcome back to your favorite shenanigans podcast, Operation History. A podcast where history is more than what you remember. Welcome to April everyone. This year is already flying by and we are a quarter of the way through the year. Tonight, the digital table is filled. We have our hosts tonight. We have myself, uh, Derek, Lauren, hi, Maria, Hello. and David. Good evening, Tonight-, everybody. Oh. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be having David guide us through the first Earth Day experience. So why don't you take it away, David?
1: Guys, ready for this? I'm, I'm so excited. Guys, ready y'all for ready, this? For this? Guys, ready for this? Guys, ready for this experience? Sorry, copyrighted. Okay. Everybody, I want, you to close their- I want you to close your eyes. Take a nice, deep breath. Unless you're driving. If you're driving, please keep your eyes wide open. I don't need you guys to get into an accident. Just when you get home later, just pretend.
0: Operation so, history is not liable for any problems.
1: That's correct. Or
0: accidents <laughs> that you
2: may get into.
3: I just snort lap really bad. <laughs> so I'm just,
1: okay, good. Go. <laughs> <laughs> right, I end up
2: so, falling asleep if I keep my eyes closed this long. <laughs>
1: I want you to imagine the world during the 1970s. The Vietnam is raging. The Cold War is ever-present, and the struggle for equal rights has been even more energized as the newer generation comes into play. You're a member of that generation. You're a member of a generation that will control the destiny of the earth and all this happens for the next 50 to 60 years. You are a boomer. Oh! oh
2: all right. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Poor boomers out there. We do have boomers that listen to us.
3: We Besides all, you guys, the, the boomers, boomers that, that we listen, listen to, it's you're cool. It's everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Everyone okay. else is the problem. <laughs>
1: okay. Center. It's April 22nd, 1970. In this day, it feels different to you. You've marched before. You've joined civil rights protests. You've joined protest movements. You've listened to the songs of Pete Seeger, Neil Young, and Jefferson Airplane, but this day just, it hits you different. It's a Wednesday and you're heading to class until a fellow student stops you. You both talk about the sit-ins that are happening, there are teachings going on across campuses, all throughout the United States. And because you've been part of these movements, you've asked if it's another anti-war protest Schoolmate looks at you and says, no, nah, it's not that. It's something different. It's a green protest. And you say, what do you mean green protest? Schoolmate looks at you and says, professor so-and-so is having an informal sit-in. Let's join. So you sit down and you listen. This professor is giving this nice informal conversation. This conversation would be happening between you your classmates very informal there's no grade it's all nothing but positive connections going on and you talk about the loss of species happening every single year due to pollution conflict technology the inappropriate use of technology and as you guys have this conversation you get more energized but it's not the energy you felt before it's not the aggression it's not facing down armed police force. It's just profound experiences. It's different. It's just you engaging with the weather, just soaking in that sun, that 60 degree weather. It's you just sitting there, just inhaling the beautiful air that's going through, feeling the tensions fly off you. You learn and engage about how mother earth supports you, You stand there and wonder. And you think, wow, the earth does all of this for me. It provides me this oxygen, provides me the sun. After a little bit, you're given um, a plant that comes from the earth. In some circles, it's called jazz cabbage. In some some circles, it's called devil's lettuce. Whatever the case may be. You take a hint, though, along with your friends. You go down, you round up the gang, you round up all your classmates, your friends. You start playing some frisbee. Just out there, out in the sun, playing some frisbee. Just involved in the moment, involved with the earth, feeling that connection. Later you you find out, it's not just your community that practice these events. Frisbee, games of frisbee and people taking hits are happening throughout all the United States. It's happening in small states like Rhode Island, it's happening in states like Virginia, California. Big cities like New York City is closing down. Even the capital, Washington, D.C., has events like this going on. It's happening in every state. You're not alone, though. There are 22 22 million other Americans who are taking place in this profound experience. They're taking place in these festivities. And you talk about the condition of of Mother Earth. After the day is done, you're sitting at home, you're watching your television, and you hear this news come across. It's all around the world. It's not just America. Over 190 different countries participate in the first Earthgate, Earth Day. There are over a million people who are mobilized, like you. Not with shields, not with fists clenched, ready to fight, but millions of people just having conversations about what's going on in the world, policy, experiencing the earth in a different way, in a different perspective. Open your eyes. You were just at the first Earth Day. Environmentalism in the United States is not new in the 1970s. It's actually the third wave of environmentalism, and it starts around post-World War II. The reason being for it is kind of American dream mentality of I deserve a a nice green lawn, nice white picket fence, and a pink house. If you can quote that, if you figure out that song reference, I'm impressed. But the other thing is, Americans want this new suburbia to be preserved with green area for the kiddos. They don't want factories polluting their air, they don't want people dumping stuff in their stream. This sentiment this sentiment coupled with the environmental disasters like Santa Barbara oil spill of 1969, the pollution of the Great Lake, of the Great Lakes, and the death of all of huge amounts of fish there. The Chattanooga River in Ohio catches on fire for the 13th time in that century alone. Due to pollution issues, different chemicals, pesticides running off into the river. The environmental age that's now on the people's minds is let's get ready to act. Grassroots organizations for environmentalism has been around, it's largely been localized. There's no national movement. That's not created until Senator Gaylord Nelson, who is a senator from Wisconsin, starts bridging the gap between these different environmental organizations. They, he starts bringing people together He would help campaign the funding for the event and start the kickoff for it. But the coordination of all these different groups is not on his shoulders. No, the older generation has to start stepping away and this newer, younger, energized group has to take its place. This coordination falls on the shoulders of 25 year old Dennis Hayes. At the time, Dennis Hayes was set to go to Harvard Law School and puts it aside. He suspends going out to Harvard for a year to organize this national campaign for the rights of the earth. Congress on the behalf of Senator Nelson is is in recess. The reason being is Senator Nelson wants the members of Congress to be with the constituents and experience what they're experiencing being with the earth, being with them in these localities. So that way they also feel the weight and the power of this as well. And since money is always a big thing, this event, it's not expensive. The budget for it is $160,000 1970 money. The event is built on the backs of students, anti-war protest movement people, local activists, civil rights activists. This is how this event happens. It's not through paid interns. It's not through paid organizations. It's through volunteers. And that mission of volunteerism leading the way, community leading the way, continues to this day. And um, that's the story of the first Earth Day. And what you guys got?
2: It was a very nice picture that you painted. I really enjoyed that, and I didn't realize it was as widespread as all that. I knew I knew it started in 1970, and I knew the day, but that's it's pretty much where my knowledge ended.
3: I didn't realize, yeah, like Maria said, I didn't realize that it was like global. You know,
1: I I didn't realize it totally either. Um, the EPA site, so I have. This is not just for my brain. I, I had to consult like several different websites for this. All most of it came from the EPA website, which I'll link all that at the end of, uh, you know, we can link all that later. Um, Some of it came from President Nixon. So take that with the same, uh, uh, um, some salt and there's some other things as well, but I didn't realize that there were 22, there's a billion people who activated who were mobilized like this. I only know the U.S. term. I didn't realize this was as big either, so it was fun doing the research, because finding all this out was pretty nice.
3: Yeah, it's really, like, you know, it's more, like, it's so much bigger than, like, Okay fourth graders you're going to draw in color a globe because it's earth day you know yeah like it's so much bigger than that i didn't realize either um you know like i knew like you know 70s during like you know the kind of, like the protest movements i didn't realize it was called a green protest though which makes a lot of sense
2: what was that number dave that you mentioned that find that that monetary value
1: how much money yeah, one hundred ninety thousand. Yeah. Dollars. Oh, it's one hundred ninety. One hundred ninety. My Big bad. Big
2: difference. Okay. Well, one million three hundred twelve thousand seven hundred thirty-four dollars. Too much. Much. The annual inflation over this period was three point eight six percent. Yeah, that's too much. Wow! That's holy, a lot of money. Holy
3: guacamole! Well, I mean, it's
1: yeah it makes sense, a lot of- but it's still you know just like wow well like so i was reading this and they only took out one major advertisement and that was the day before um <laughs> the protest actually happened so like there was no like real like advertising money being spent like it was some small things here and there like they were on television once like the day before and like there was a A front page news article the day before but other than that it was it was all word of mouth
0: i mean it doesn't surprise me too much though that this was happening around this time um primarily because there was a large amount of um interest at least in more uh leftist ideals which included a sort of anti uh capitalist anti uh bad for the environment kind of ideal because uh at that point people were starting to really realize that the bigger corporations were causing more damage to the environment and that kind of spring stepped all this ideals uh about this but they were already protesting capitalism in its whole uh so just uh Protesting specifically, kind of just realizing, hey, you know, maybe we should take a day for the earth. Uh, doesn't seem like too, too far fetched, uh, especially since everyone was already kind of in that whole mindset of, hey, you know, we kind of need to be more conscious about what's happening uh, around this time, at least.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You
1: know? No, and I get that. But I also think the environmental movement transcends politics. Like- the political line, and oh, of course. Th- this, you know, this is for my own, like you know, twenty, my own twenty-first century mindset. But I, I think you could be a Republican and still have these mindsets. Be you know, left and mm-hmm. have some these mindsets. I don't, I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is just recognizing that something has, you know, that our impacts do have, um, that our actions have a larger impact on. The global community, and you know, we talk about globalization from people's standpoint, but the wind doesn't care what freaking borders you're in. The water doesn't care what borders you're it. You know, the no one owns the water, the air, the earth. No one owns that, despite what political lines are. So all of these, yeah. so all these poli- pollution issues, even today, it's it's always a global issue because, yeah. you know,
0: yeah. I, I was more saying, uh, at this point in time, you have, uh, a lot of people towards more, more on the left uh, side that are leaning towards things like anti-nuclear warfare and anti-pollution. Right. Uh, well, some, some more on the, uh, right side are, are asking to use yeah. those, uh, same bombs on things like, uh, uh Korea and uh, Vietnam at that point, uh, they yeah. were they were hoping to you know level the playing field.
1: Damn um, warhawks, literally.
0: <laughs> so, they, I I definitely think that it's it's a bipartisan issue. Um, but back then, I think it was kind of springboarded by the time of that whole grassroots idea of organizations yeah. coming together.
3: Was this like this? May be a stupid question. That's interesting.
1: As a stupid question. I I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) There are only there's only there's only stupid answers. Sorry. (laughs) No, there's only questions that lead to the right frame of mind.
3: Um, Mm. was climate change? How do I wear this? I don't want to say was climate change a thing because it was, but like, was it
1: on the forefront
3: on their radar? Like, did they knew know that that was a thing that's happening? I.
1: If you don't know, that's okay. I'm just wondering. I don't know the whole. I don't know the whole answer. However, what I do think is that people have been recognizing that things have been changing. So maybe it's a couple degrees hotter than it was last year, or mm-hmm. we're having more famines, food tougher to get. So I think we're seeing smaller, they, th- like things like that happening that they causes, see things changing, but they may not know why. Right. The effects of these climate of climate change or climate events but they're not putting it together with climate change itself like i last okay. week i had a lesson with my students about climate change during the middle ages mm-hmm. and it was it's not called climate change it's called you know middle ages anomaly and little ice age but those are that's climate change that's climate events so that i think sense. so i <laughs> think it's we know the effects of these things but we don't have the naming for it
3: I never thought about it that way. Um, I say because um, I, you know, we all know I work in the 17th century and that's when like a little ice age was happening around modern United States, especially yep. this area, New England. And we always talk about that because of the way that um, like the pilgrims and the early settlers had problems up here growing certain things because of that and how we are like rock central um I never I never thought of as like climate change but it makes so much sense that climate changed I always well, I think sorry warming, go ahead warming
2: which is not you know but yeah just to kind of like springboard off of that I think that's because we the world that we live in when anyone says the word climate change there is a very specific mindset and a very specific like the last 50 that, years yeah. yes that comes from that but you're right like those anomalies from the middle ages or from uh the pilgrim era in colonial new england those are climate changes it's not the same type of climate change because it's not necessarily man induced or or is but i don't think man would be able to induce it at that point um well so you say it's, that i you know it's, that, but i mean it, it, he, it's like a catch-22 that's even
0: true. even earlier than that, good good old uh, good old Mongols coming across mm-hmm. uh, wiping out so many people that that would have actually affected the climate, you know? Yeah, that's it's exactly actually what that's
2: I was true. thinking of
1: I when mean, you said that.
0: So that was even like, earlier than that, that. so.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. Not only that, I mean, even, so, climate change does happen, actually. However, the problem, though, is especially with humans, is that if we're extending it or declining it, like the little ice age was supposed to go on for a little bit longer and we ended up cutting that, but now we extend it to our newer warming period. So now the problem is, all right, how much did we actually extend it by? How much did we cut this Mm -hmm. by? So now we've thrown off the earth off its actual natural tilt, which would have been, we would have seen climate events anyways, but now it's more along the lines of, okay, well, how did we goof this up? It's and more like what,
3: in their face, like in your face, right?
0: <laughs> oh, things we have to deal with:
2: hurricanes, floods, famines. <laughs> what are you talking about? Forest well,
1: fires. And it's inter and I want to relate this back to my class because I, you know, or so we are talking about how the Middle Ages, you know, Middle Ages cities developed around, you know, around the term time around the middle age anomaly, which is the heating and warming period and how these new farmlands were able to be cultivated and all that. But then once the regular weather pattern came back, those farmlands that were dry were wet again. So even if, so even though they saw it as a good gain, when when nature actually returned to its natural cycle, it impacted everything else. So even some of the stuff that we have today, it's like, yeah, we're able to do this because it's hot here. Okay, so if the ecosystem goes back to normal, then what happens? Right, right.
2: Because,
3: hmm. um, personally, like, you know, when we talk about the little ice age, we often talk about how um, you used to be able to grow, you it, corn all the way up in Maine, but during the little ice age, you were no longer able to do that. So, um, the like Puritans and Pilgrims and New England really exploited that because they'd be like oh great because we can give them corn and wheat or whatever and oh boy now we have beaver first enough to wipe out the entire population in like 10 years
1: yeah Woo.
2: that's not going to cause any geographical repercussions either
1: yeah no mm.
2: not at all not at all we're fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. We're, We're
3: fine. fine. You guys got—they got the fancy hats, though. They got the fancy hats.
2: They're that making so stupid barrels. They of do money. have buckles. I mean, they come buckles. on. Buckles. I mean, who cares about the ecosystem that you're gonna throw out of whack? It's fine. What's it's an fine. ecosystem? Commerce. Commerce reigns supreme. Big business. Oh, um... big business. So <laughs> I have. I well, I cannot add any like i'm not as good as dave but to get this conversation rolling again instead of you're good having at other things you're good silence oh no we, i am we all have- i am i am the least valuable player here all the time so nope. i have, no, some, fun nope, I have some fun facts. i have some fun facts shut up i have some fun facts so these come from um do something.org which yep. I, I was just gonna say dave is this credible but i gotta yep so here we go um, <laughs> On Earth Day 2012, more than 100,000 people rode bikes in China to reduce CO2 emissions and save fuel. Uh, on Earth Days, in an Earth Day celebration in 2011, 28 million trees were planted in Afghanistan by the Earth Day Network. And I remember hearing that. See, this is like, like you can tell, like this is right over my head. So, like once in a while on Earth Day, like I'll hear this in passing, but like. <laughs> going back and looking at this information, hearing the numbers. I'm like, wow. But what gets me is this shouldn't happen. And I know this sounds like such a cliche thing, but this really shouldn't just happen one day a year. Like maybe not. Every day is Earth Day when you live on Earth. No, for real though. Like, I mean, these numbers are big numbers, obviously not to this extent every day, but, and this one, it doesn't have a year, but it says in Panama, 100 endangered species of orchids were planted and maintained to prevent their extinction in honor of Earth Day. Hmm.
1: So across this roof from where I live, there's a, there's a pond. Mm-hmm. And every Earth Day the community, um, there's different volunteer organizations over here, they all get together and they actually dive into the, the watering area and pull out all the debris that's in there. So anything that's mm-hmm. not natural, they pull it out. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, the organization that I work with, um, we're launching a uh, a cool new e-cell event, which is recycling electronics, because as you know, as I don't know if everyone knows this, but electronic devices, when they're not recycled properly, they go to burn pits in Africa, which when they're burned, they add to um, the pollution, um, pollution there.
2: There is Ghana. a burning. There is a burning pit in Ghana. It is if you ever really just want to be beside yourself. If I can find the video link, I'll send it to Lauren. I used it for a project for a class I did. It is such a eye-opening thing to watch what happens to your technology.
0: Uh, I mean, speaking about the environment, it is. Um... A lot of big countries, including the United States, is going to have to check it so soon. Uh, there are a lot of smaller countries that used to accept that excess waste that are now sending back entire shipments of it uh, because they are completely done with doing that because their people are experiencing a lot of bad health benefits from all that stuff in the air and stuff polluting the ground. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of talk, and I'm assuming the next ten years about how we're going to actually start using things like better plastics or some kind of thing yeah. that destroys plastics or something.
1: And we because... have to do a quick. No, yeah. Not only that, I mean, just mining for cobalt, mining for yeah. lithium batteries—you know, all the stuff that goes in every electronic that we use today—and uh, you know, you throw it in the waste plastic, or you you know, you give it to your you know, your phone company, and you don't know what they do with it. Um, but there are there are global efforts to take these electronic devices that we have and donate them and recycle them, so that way you can still use some of the pieces in there, or it can be you converted in a sustainable way. Um, I know, I am working this Earth Day. Um, which I'm fine with. And I have a laptop, my old laptop upstairs um uh, is going to be the first laptop dropped into this e-cell bin. The first e-cell bins that we have on, on the museum grounds, we're gonna I'm gonna be dropping it in as soon as I go in for the day, just boop. And um, you know, because this stuff needs to get recycled and we have to do a better job of you know protecting what we have, which is Mother Earth and everything that provides for us.
3: What, um, what day, what day is our day this year?
1: It is on a Thursday, the 22nd. Oh, I was going to say,
3: because I'd love to come down, but mm. i also work. Yes. <laughs> but I'm sure we have something um up in my neck that would be very similar.
1: So we're going to start off at the museum that I work, um, I work at, um, and then we're hoping to branch off into the local community, try and put different e-cell bins in different areas so that way, um, you know, we can get more people involved, we can get, you know, everyday people involved because it takes, it takes a village to keep everything that we have. Mm -hmm. So what else do you guys got? I did Bring find him. that video
2: and I sent it to Lauren. So, um, Thank you. it actually, uh, the website, uh, was from an old professor of ours. So it
1: is, I recognize that URL. Yep. Yeah,
2: recognize that <laughs> URL. Does, it, does
3: his name start with a D and end with a O N. Oh yes. yeah. So he lives again. <laughs> oh, love him. Yeah. So.
2: Um, so yeah that's his that's his website so the video came through his website. Okay, awesome. I'll add that.
3: Show notes. Show notes <laughs> I <haven't read> those. <laughs> Um I don't know I I've been like learning a lot and I feel like I'm not saying anything because I'm just like absorbing like information.
2: So how all right so I I'm I'm the same way. I feel like I'm I'm absorbing. So like do you find that, and this, this may be a stupid question as well. Uh, to my no original, stu- original statement, statement I said about
1: questions like that.
2: <laughs> um, do you find that enthusiasm for earth day has dwindled or is it, has it kind of taken off? Do you think that it's stayed true to its original vision? Has it evolved? I know I just threw a lot at
1: you. That's like five questions.
3: I think it's summer. Yeah, come on.
1: Sorry. <laughs> I think it's morphed. I think the education, I think the enthusiasm has morphed in different things. Um, For instance, I think enthusiasm has now turned more into education. I know a lot of the educators I work with. I think the enthusiasm <laughs> has transformed into something different. I think that the enthusiasm itself has turned more into education and wanting to spread that passion towards educating other other people, younger generations on what we have. For instance, I, my neighborhood has these, um, I'm totally gonna give it away here, has these Save the Bay um, paintings on the sewer caps and on drainage areas, um, on draining areas that, you know, it says pollution runs through here and runs into the Bay. So I think the environmentalism that the generations feel is being channeled through education, which is a big part because you can't keep it in one generation. You have to keep that spirit going. And it's through education and activities and profound experiences like the zoos offers aquariums offers because zoos and aquariums do offer and do contribute to local um, ecosystem and environmental efforts as well. It helps keep these practices in mind and it allows people to connect to their local community and have profound experiences because if you can connect locally you can then see things clear and then expand it and connect it to the bigger world as well so yes i think the enthusiasm is still there the goal is still there it's just channeled into different things and when we when we get to before we exit uh before we go into the intro there are a couple organizations that I do want to mention that do connect to these bigger points as well. So, okay, well, um,
3: I'm still like digesting.
2: Are, <laughs> oh no, you're fine. Um, what if any, you know, say someone lives in a very remote area, or you know, with everything going on, they're not very, they're not feeling very comfortable socializing, and they're still trying to social distance what is something even if it's super small that the average everyday person can do whether on earth day or all throughout the year something maybe a change they can make in their lifestyle that would help better the planet like what would you recommend like i know one like it's stupid but like i always try to shut off all the lights i mean this conserves my electricity bill as well but like I know, like, if you turn, turning off, like, being aware of your electricity usage, being aware of your water usage.
1: I think most states have these nowadays. I know the state that most of most of us live in that uh, live in have this. Um, if you go to your state's, organiz, um, state's webpage, state website, there should be a recycling company that's local. Um, maybe a landfill area. Landfills aren't the best, but that's a different topic for a different day. If you go into your recycling company, you can see what's recyclable for you and what's not. And that is a good first step, especially in these times where people are still trying to social distance as they wait for their vaccines, as vaccines roll out. And as life goes back to normal, once life starts going back to normal, it's then looking at nonprofit organizations that you can volunteer with. It's setting up community groups that monitors, you know, trash, you know, the side Trash on the side of the road, there's litter. You know, you can pick that up too. You can recycle that the proper way. I went, not dump, dumpster diving, but I went trash diving last weekend. I noticed people were throwing recycled goods in the trash and not putting in the recycle. And so I put my hand in there and I worked with the general public and there was probably about 5,000 things worth of germs in there. And you know what? It's picking it up, throwing it in. I have my hand sanitizer, it's not that bad boy on on my day, but you know, it's small things like that. Um, you know, it's, there are small acts that we can do every day. You know, there's websites that help out, you know, it's looking at local zoos, palm oil, you know, just scan to make sure you're not buying something that's that's from a place that, um, abuses palm oil. There's a palm oil crisis going on, which is used in most everyday items. So if you go to the store, I have a little app. Um, I can put in the show notes and I can tell you all later. Um, but there's a little app that you can scan your barcode and, um, it pulls up if it's, uh, palm oil, um, ethic or not. And if it's not ethic, then I don't buy it. And yeah, the band, the brand that I might buy might be a little bit more expensive, but I know that at least other environments in different, in different countries, if those companies are exploring that land, at least my money's not going towards that company. It's going to something that's more ethical in its practices. So, and I can again, that's on my phone. My phone's dead. So I'll I'll get that to you guys later.
3: <laughs> yeah, just text it to me and I'll add it and stuff. Um I also sent you on Instagram a video of the herring run at my work, Dave that would make you happy
1: <laughs> it, it does it does with my my soul um
3: down. i was gonna say something a real easy way to conserve energy is to have a 17th century corn mill. <laughs> that's very relatable to
2: everyone involved
0: so <laughs> relatable
2: yeah <So> relatable <laughs> so even something like you know going out and maybe planting a vegetable garden planting flowers cleaning up the area you live in tree uh clean, not trees trash wrong tea cleaning up the trash uh so just little everyday stuff can also have a big impact is what you're saying
1: yeah I mean I mean you talk about every day you know it starts as a small pebble and a small pebble turns into a boulder you know it's a little yeah. snowball small snowball that you make you know it turns into an avalanche you know it, it's small everyday acts that have, one, the most impact, and two, inspires other people to act the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David, yes.
2: do you know if any, because this is not something I've even thought to keep up on, unfortunately, do you know if there's any upcoming legislati- legislation, uh, be it local, global, um, country-wise, uh, that is either going to help or hinder global uh, pro- progress towards so environments. Wow, I couldn't get that out.
1: I'm going to out both the state I live in and the organization, one of the organizations that I'm part of. Um, in Rhode Island right now, um, there is a Climate Literacy Act in place, and that is to help create curriculum and create standards that do look at environmental organization, do look at environmental impacts that have happened on this world. And that's been championed by uh, RIO, which is the Rhode Island Environmental Educators Association, which is I'm a proud member of, and I'm excited for all the things that we have going on because we haven't stopped since COVID hit. Um, But that's the big thing is keeping climate science so going in the classroom and keeping that conversation going because it's much more than oh it's hot oh it's cold oh it's wet it has impacts like food production it has impacts on how much water people get last year Rhode Island was in a drought until almost the end of the year Mm -hmm. there were areas that were trying everything they could to conserve water and that's if that's not climate change for a state that's right on the ocean i don't know what else is um so there is stuff in play and i think the more conversations we have especially in classrooms um the more people will actually be cognizant of its actual full impacts so um climate so climate literacy act going on in rhode island right now it's actually up for conversation in the state in the Senate and Congress this week. Um, So for everyone listening in Rhode Island, (laughs) go ahead, sign it, call your Congressman, call your Senator, and, you know, help try and get that bill passed because a lot of people are saying it's just finance stuff. There is a, there is a environmental bill that does have some money attached to it. That's in the house and the, and it's going to go to the Senate. Uh, but I think by having climate literacy in classrooms and having standards that are geared to that um, and a clear path for how we can have that in classrooms, I think will be a little bit more beneficial than just money. That's just me.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Woo-woo.
1: Yeah, boy. Agreed. Um, also, fun fact. I only saw this from one source, so I can't verify it. But there was an article posted, I guess, CoinPro. Uh, coin for those of you who don't know, CoinPro, coin Pro. Coin Pro, which is a counterintelligence organization that should only be used for foreign affairs and was used on the American people illegally because that's the way things roll sometimes. Don't say that happened. Sorry. Sorry. But sorry, just saying. Anyway, that's, that's a shock? Talk about it. Nixon had CoinPro monitor Earth Day because he thought it was going to go into a full-on anti-war movement. I mean, which I get. I but get it. Again, it makes for Nixon that makes sense. But I've only found one source that has any inclination on that, and I can't find anything else. Mm-hmm. So. I'm hesitant to believe it, but it also, again, it makes 100% total sense because Nixon was just paranoid about everything. I'm out of booze. This is sad. sad. That
3: means we're almost done.
1: <laughs> um, But yeah, no. So, And then to kind of, later that year in 1970, in December, the EPA, which is the Environmental Protection Agency here in the United States, it goes by many different names it's in different departments throughout the globe um is created and is actually founded so you know later this year this does have some impact this has some impact in creating an actual government body into it as well
3: do you want to hate me I all I, the reason why I really know we because of the Simpsons movie as a child because they dropped the do- doma I know of it beforehand but like as a kid I didn't understand and then so I could just hear Grandpa being you know, like,
2: Apo! Oh, you never disappoint long me, long Lauren. Long. You yeah, never, long. ever disappoint me.
0: The, that, that makes one
2: of
3: us. I continue to open my mouth. It gets worse.
0: Oh, Lauren. <laughs>
3: Listen, no one ever said I was smart. Uh, my coworker yesterday, I said something and he went, I forgot you're intelligent, so.
2: <laughs> Ow.
3: And my um, boss was like, that's the best backhanded compliment I've ever heard in my entire life. I was like, thank you. No. Buddy, you have anything to Questions, comments, complaints?
2: Oh, I have questions, but they can't be answered here. Come oh, on, keep asking them. No, no, like, no, they're just in general. They're, they're questions for a higher power. <laughs> I have questions, but you can't answer them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why are my
2: friends like this? Why am I doing a podcast? I told you, you today's one of those days for us. On a I mean on another note, I think last time we did an environmental podcast, I plugged this same because I know at the end of the episode, I don't know if we're there yet, but um yeah. I have a feeling we are. I have a feeling we are there. It's going downhill bat even yeah.
3: worse than it already has been fast. Um <laughs>
2: so I plugged this podcast, uh, this podcast, I plugged this organization last time. I'm going to plug it again. It is the African parks network. You can find them on Instagram at African parks network. Uh, they are a, uh, conservation NGO that manages national parks and protected areas on behalf of governments across Africa to benefit people, wildlife, and environment. And honestly, I, um, they're legitimate. They're a royal charity, so they're, they're pretty legitimate. Uh, I follow them on Instagram, and I, I love their content. I think they're a great group of people. I think they're very dedicated. They help out their community. They really care and really try to do great things. That organization, I just, I always think that organization is worth a plug. Um, Unfortunately, I have to get better at following different environmental organizations, but that is one that I do follow and try to support when I can, because I believe in the work that they do.
1: So I have, I'm currently drinking a, uh, it is called, to bring back what we are saying earlier about what can people do every day, um, one of them is just. Drinking the right coffee. So I'm currently drinking Goron Gosa, uh, which is a uh, forest in Tanzania. It's protected. It's a con- it's a conservation coffee um, that also goes towards different subsects as well. So currently I am drinking one that has lion conservation built into it. And it's, it's their espresso stuff. It's brand new. They have one where it goes towards rainforests rainforests in the country which is called we speak for the trees there's one for bringing um girls to higher education in africa in tanzania primarily in that one's um oh i'm I'm looking for it
2: right now for the girls or something like i think it's for the girls yeah because i was drinking that one and then i think i was drinking yeah so it's national park premiere i how do you say that dave how do you say that name
1: gore Gor on
2: gosa gore on gosa national park premiere uh speak for the trees and then there's elephants never forget which is the light roast girls run the world which is the medium roast and then speak for the trees which is the dark roast and because i like my coffee like jet
1: fuel i drink speak for the trees um they have a new one and oh. this one the new one is the espresso one and that one's for lion conservation i need to find this <laughs> that's the one that i'm currently drinking so my students get me at full peace. Oh,
3: yeah. It's it's such a good idea. Yes. You know, like make you feel part of something and you also get great coffee.
1: And not only that, it's fair trade agreement. So that means, you know, you have it's
3: right, right. It's good.
1: The and farmers are getting more the farmers are getting more percentage of the money that they would get because they're cutting out the middleman. It's probably the one percent for the planet. It's it's got a bunch of good stuff into it as well. So couple that with, I can't believe I'm plugging this right now, Smile Amazon, even though Amazon can be a well, jerk sometimes. The only, reason, the only reason I brought up Amazon is
2: because everybody, well, not everybody, a lot of people use Amazon, and it's fairly easy to use. So if you do use Amazon and you plug that name in, it, you you can find the coffee fairly easily. Right.
1: Well, not only that, I mean, they have Smile Amazon now where you can donate to local um, NGOs and 501Cs. Um, so for instance, the organization I work with, every time I make an Amazon order, it goes back to the organization I work with because I believe that, Hey, listen, I believe my organization, it's mission, everything that we do. So I had, I had the, um,
2: what did I have before I have feeding America now? I forgot which one I had before,
3: uh, Um, when in doubt, Reduce, Reuse, and Recycle It's. Yes. I mean it's so uh-huh. much more complicated than that but it's a good start
1: That song's now in my head now Reduce, Reduce, Reduce Reuse, reuse recycle. recycle Reduce, Reuse, Recycle Reduce, Reuse, Recycle Well everyone had great questions and we all went down a good nice fun conversation um, There's a couple of things I want to mention though before I turn everything back over to everyone before we end tonight's episode, I just like to take a moment to thank all of the environmental organizations out there. There's like we said, there's a good amount of local grassroots organizations and there's a lot of them in localities. Um, but there's a good amount of big overall organizations, organizations like the North American environmental educators association or the NAEEA. um, uh, the organization I had plugged earlier, RIA, which is the Rhode Island um, Environmental Educator Association. There's the AZA, which is the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Um, local nonprofits like zoos, aquariums, um, clean water areas, um, clean you know clean Rhode Island, clean air environmental organizations. You have all of these different areas, and but most importantly, it comes down to everyday people and everyday practices. So everyone who practices sustainability you're part of the solution too. And for everyone, I have a challenge for everyone here who's listening to the podcast, who's here on the table on Earth Day. I would like everyone to spend at least 25 minutes outside. Done. I can breathe do it, that. Breathe in, breathe in the air. Soak in that sun. Look at where the trees are and see what's happening in that area. And thank mother earth for all that she does for us um and for those and for everyone um there's something we everyone can do it takes a village and as jane Goodall said every individual matters every individual has a role to play and every individual makes a difference so you know if anyone ever feels like they're doing sustainability and they feel that they're losing the fight or they're feeling burnt out from doing it. Remember it takes everyone and everyone has a role to play and everyone does make a difference and everyone matters. And in, in the movement to keep nature, nature and keep the to, and keep the environment clean. And um, on that note, I'm going to turn the episode uh, back to our host because I've been talking for way too long. And before um, I let Maria
3: take over, All of those really good organizations that uh, Dave listed, I can put in the show notes so that if anyone wants more information or just wants to have a nice place to look for places for if you have questions, uh, you can check out our show notes on our website.
2: I'm done. Go ahead. (laughs) All righty. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this month's wicked happy episode. We appreciate we appreciate all of you that have stayed with us this long, have shouted out to us and have helped us spread the love about our podcast. Next month, we will be back for another episode filled with not only your favorite shenanigans, but also with your favorite historical facts. And I believe Lauren is taking the helm next month with some, a little more traditional history. We're back to
3: the 17th century, folks. Get ready.
2: Here we go. Here we go. It's all about corn.
3: It's not, but it can be if you want me
2: to do that. (laughs) You do you. You do you. (laughs) and we have another update finally coming back to the virtual digital table it's a fans world is going to be coming back for its first episode of 2021 maria and kelly yeah right maria myself and uh another good friend of the down the hall podcast network kelly will be coming back to the table just in time to talk about everybody's favorite May holiday, May the 4th be with you, with their look at 1977's Star Wars A New Hope. So a little different, little different uh, content. Uh, We wear many hats around here. Uh, We're jacks of all trades. So join Maria and Kelly for that episode. And who knows if you do, you might even hear some very familiar voices. I wonder who they could be. I don't know. We might, we might have some guest hosts behind that mic as well. So. So yeah. So check that out. We'll be out in time for May the 4th, be with you as always, please download, rate, review and subscribe to operation history on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It is an easy and quick way for you to show your love and support the show. Give us a like on our Facebook page, Operation History at facebook.com. You can also reach us on our very active Twitter, op- at Operation Hist, that's at Operation H-I-S-T, or email us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you have an odd topic that you think you want us to explore, shoot us an email at Operation History Podcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions about any of the topics or things that we have mentioned or said in the show, feel free to ask us. Yeah. If you wanna wanna, uh, know about our sources, where we get our information, we're very transparent around here and we're very proud of the research that we do. So if you ever have any questions, you can tweet us or shoot us an email. That is it for now. We are all done. Once again, it has been our pleasure here at Operation History. Bye. I see you all later. Bye. Operation History has no association with any of the institutions or organizations mentioned in this podcast. The views and expressions of the hosts and guests are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent any academic institutions, organizations, or companies that they currently work for or attend or that they have previously worked for or attended in the past. Thanks for listening and tune in next time for Operation History.
3: I have one brain cell. It's falling out of me. I have one brain cell. I want to die. La 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 la. Oh,
0: look Oh
3: oh oh Anyway. Um
0: <laughs> anyway. Because Derek,
3: and... not you're oh. Derek, because
2: David doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> you just did it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, you so <laughs> much. Thank you so much. Lauren. I you're, Maria. you're my hero. I pulled a Maria.
3: You're my damn it. hero. I have to quit. Get this oh. fucking show on the road. Um. Oh, oh. Mm. hey, Maria. Hmm? Why can't you hear Pterodactyl go to the bathroom? Why? Because the P is silent. P is silent.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: they, get, they get worse, but they get better. Oh,
3: it's just, no, thank it's just worse. Thank you for it's that. Just worse. That was classic. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, that one. That one was
0: good. Oh, um,
3: what can I say? I was thinking about a joke all day to tell. I was like online, being like, I, I need to tell a bad joke.
2: I mean, like, you're pretty I, I think that's part
1: of like the tradition at this point is I know. Welcome to Operation History.
3: Here's Lauren with a joke. Here's Lauren with the weather.
1: So I've started using some of your corny jokes, and my students just look at me like, What's and they're wrong like, with you?
3: "When are you gonna retire, old man?" <laughs> <laughs> when I'm William, uh, it's like the old lady in SpongeBob. You just won't let me die, will ya?
2: Listen, that's one of the best episodes in SpongeBob history.
3: Chocolate,
2: chocolate, chocolate. So-
3: <laughs> I hate to ask, who's
2: reading the intro? I can do it. I, I I'm either due for an um. I read the intro last time, so I'm due for an outro. I Derek, can do that's it. That's all you yeah. get. <laughs> I can
0: Weird. do it. Wow, let
2: I'll have see. my
3: thing open, so.
0: Yeah, I I already have it open, so.
3: You are literally the backbone of society. <laughs>
0: hey, am I? I
3: sure. Why
0: not? That's definitely saying something.
3: Born is the backbone of civilization. Oh. And so the backbone back of my mental health. <laughs> okay, that's a bit far, but
1: <laughs> is it though? Is it?
3: Yeah. It's not far. It really? So hall.
1: wait. So wait. Is have a brain cell? Is it actually like just an ear of corn just floating around? It's, it's a wait, corn kernel. It's a corn kernel.
2: It's this. Go, yeah, it's that corn kernel.
0: <laughs> just completely frozen.
2: Oh yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, no. He's just. He's gone.
3: <laughs> Happy day. <laughs>
0: Come
2: just, <laughs> he's, he's, but, talk, the face he's making is oh, perfect. Me. Come on, Dave. Come what? on, boy. Come on, boy. Do the podcast. Look, somebody, come on. Somebody say something like oh. completely outlandish. Oh, oh there, there he, he is. is. There he is. Right. And
3: that's okay. why I will never go near a crocodile.
0: Yeah, I understand. I mean, that's a harrowing story. I really what did I
3: miss? Oh, <laughs>
0: what did I, I
2: miss? What did I miss? Okay. Virginia, Ben's my home, sweet home. I wanna give you a kiss. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to that soundtrack today, so I have it like stuck in my head. Nice. Proud of you. Thank you. How inspiring! That's all I got. I'm not carrying us anymore. The, this is the most hippie.
1: This is the most episode that we have. <laughs>
2: Good choice, the destination. <laughs> man. For now. Now. Yes. For, now, For now. now, yeah, you're right. For now, the journey's the
3: destination, man. Yeah.
1: It be What else we got? Anything else? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm like,
3: I feel bad. I just like my brain is just like absorbing. <laughs> got something?
0: I feel This that. is definitely not my field. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dave. I have me. I don't, I don't wanna go to school.
2: Speaking of school, you're going to the library tomorrow still? <laughs> yeah. All
0: right.
3: I'll I see have
2: that.
1: class well, F Why don't we just save this for afterwards?
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> it's all blooper material. What are you talking about? Yeah, this is bloopers.
3: Um, oh, I have God. class F4, but I'm just gonna do it and no one talks in that class anyway, so
2: sweet. I'm just gonna appear behind you, and be like, It's Ronald! Yeah and he's going to be like oh, oh, fuck, fuck.